Because if I'm stubborn, then the market's going to beat me down. A lot of life. It takes away my emotions. Something called Bitcoin, and I was like, oh. Way for me to not get trapped. Welcome to Cointelegraph's Crypto Trading Secrets Podcast. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in to Crypto Trading Secrets presented by Cointelegraph. I'm your host, BJ Pyrus. Today, we have Nebraskan Gunnar from Twitter. Gunnar is a crypto trader who has a solid following on Twitter. He entered the crypto industry in 2017 and eventually transitioned out of a career in the medical world to focusing more on crypto trading. Gunnar prefers to keep his trading simple, based largely on technical analysis. All right, here's Nebraskan Gunnar. Hey Gunnar, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So do you mind just sharing the, the backstory of your Twitter name? Uh, it, there's some, some interesting uh, stories out there, and I've been doing that with a couple of my guests on previous episodes. So, um, Yeah, well, don't search it up on uh, urbandictionary.com. That's the one thing you're not allowed to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's some weird, weird definitions out there that are not anywhere where it originated from. But um, basically, uh, it, it started out being a soccer account. I just used Twitter to catch up on soccer news. I'm a big Arsenal fan over in Europe, so um, that's where it came from, and I just put Nebraskan since that's where I live, <laughs> <laughs> and I started posting cryptocurrency stuff uh, back in 2017, 2018. I finally had like 10 to 20,000 followers, and I was like, huh, I wonder if I should change this, but everyone already had known me by Gooner by then, so I just kept it, and yeah, I mean, that's basically what it was. It started as a... Uh, soccer account and turn it into a cryptocurrency account. I did for like a month change to Nebraskan crypto uh, just to see if it helped people identify me as crypto, but it was kind of weird. I felt like I lost my identity. So I went back to Nebraskan Gooner. Gotcha. That's pretty interesting. So in general, I look to do three segments. The first one is called finding the bottom, where I basically ask your opinions on Bitcoin in light of the bear market and the outside world. So First question in this segment. So what's your opinion on Bitcoin's price lately? Uh, flat and completely sideways and uneventful. Is <laughs> <laughs> that sum it up? And there's been nothing happening for weeks now. Gotcha. Do you have any opinions on where you think Bitcoin might be in terms of a bear market bottom? It's tough to say. You know, I don't know if we should read into the correlation or, you know, anything with stocks, but there's a lot of stocks such as Apple um, or, you know, the S&P 500 that just look like they have a lot of room below. So it'll be interesting to see if Bitcoin holds up well during that. Also, just all the events we've had in the market, you know, the FTX thing. Um, will Michael, will Saylor ever have to liquidate any assets? Um, will more funds go underwater? Uh, so it's just really, really weird. I mean, normally you'd say anything under 16K should be our bottom with, you know, potential of like maybe a 10 to 12K uh, quick drop. Um, but, you know, I mean, we had the COVID pump and we're seeing a lot of assets in the traditional markets of and crypto um, retracing all the way back to kind of the top or the midway point of that COVID pump, which would for Bitcoin, I think would be below 10K. So it's just, you know, it, we're in an interesting point in the global economy. So I'm not counting anything out for Bitcoin as far as how low it could go. Um, 
But, you know, I do see a possibility of even if we do go, you know, to 10 to 12K, there's still a chance that we could do 100% pump from there. Yeah, it's definitely been been a crazy year um, in a lot of, in just in general. So, yeah, I mean, history, history says that, uh, and I've actually posted a chart uh, earlier this year at the beginning of the year and recently updated it. Uh, history basically says that the bottom should be anywhere below 16K. Um, but it should get bought up quickly, which technically has already happened. We've seen a wick below 16K. And then so ideally, anything below 16K continues to be bought up and we form an accumulation base above, you know, from 16K to 25K area um, before next bull run. Hopefully, regardless of what stocks do, Bitcoin could, you know, kind of go sideways and show resiliency during that period because um, I do think stocks have more downside to go. And if that happens, then I would be pretty confident that Bitcoin is in a nice sideways accumulation period, which could potentially last for years, um, which is fine. Because if we do get a multi-year accumulation period on Bitcoin, that could send us, you know, to $200,000. Interesting. So what do you think about the mainstream world and mainstream news events and everything outside of crypto? How do you think that is impacting Bitcoin? Uh, you know, I, I've never really been a believer in too much news affecting anything. I think uh, news more so just accelerates price action. Um, I've always been a believer in uh, tell me the news and I'll show you the chart. Uh, basically, you know, it just good news always seems to happen at support and bad news always seems to happen at resistance. Um, you know, more bad news obviously comes out in bear markets and more good news obviously comes out in bull markets. So I mean, I don't really see the news as like changing the tide on anything. Um, rarely does that happen. So I more so just trade the charts. You're always going to have news events everywhere. And again, they're going to be worse in the bear market, which is what we're seeing. Gotcha. So I think you just answered this question pretty much. But if I'm if I'm understanding you correctly, my next question was, what do you think the biggest thing impacting Bitcoin's price lately is. And from your last answer, it sounds like you just think the charts are dictating Bitcoin's price. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. I mean, we've been in a bear market since technically since, you know, 52K breakdown. Um, my indicator, Top Goon X, has only given three weekly sell signals, sell approaching signals ever. Um, and it's been um, before extended bear markets every single time. So, that's where my head's been at. Obviously, we're in a global recession. Um, stock markets are in a bear market. So yeah, I mean, the charts are extremely telling. I I'm more of a technical trader anyway. Uh, anytime I try to trade on fundamentals, I perform poorly. Gotcha. Next question, last question in this segment. Inflation and US federal interest rate increases have been two common topics in 2022. Again, I think you were hitting on this before, but how do you think that has affected Bitcoin's price or might affect it in the future if you do think that at all? Um, you know, I honestly don't pay too much attention to news events. Um, I just try to stay out of the markets during them because, you know, price action can be a little bit unpredictable. Uh, but again, we're obviously in a recession and everything, rate, the interest rates rising and all that. Um, so I think that people are more hesitant to buy right now. And crypto is a very high risk asset. So when you have a risk off environment, you're going to have a hard time finding people to buy the highest risk assets during that time. Gotcha. 
The next segment is called Trade Secrets. So basically tell me about your background as much as you're comfortable talking about what did you want to do when you were little? Oh man, when I was little, I wanted to be a doctor. Uh, I don't know why I always thought that those uh, shows like on uh, on TV with all the surgeries and all that stuff was kind of cool. Um, and then like those 911 shows where people were like in trouble and like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just always thought those like medical shows were really cool as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I got older and I realized how much schooling is involved with being a doctor. <laughs> right. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to school for 10 years. So I ended up being a nurse and just going to school for like four and a half, five years. And, uh, was a pediatric nurse for six years, did that whole thing. Um, you know, I started a dialysis unit at one of the children's hospitals here. Um, really enjoyed being a pediatric nurse, but uh, I got into crypto in 2017 and I really just saw the opportunity. I was like, okay, crypto could literally change my life. And I was like, my my main goal was just to pay off my house and my student loans with crypto. Um, and it's become so much more. Um, basically I just started studying it night and day, started learning from traders, um, in the space and it started basically crypto trading started to take over and my normal job was getting in the way of me crypto trading. And that's (laughs) kind of when I realized that I needed to quit my job and go full-time crypto. Cool. Cool. So you got into crypto in 2017. Do you remember? Yeah anything specific that like your first uh interests like anything specific around that well yes um so actually like back in i don't know 2014 or something i had done this app where you could earn bitcoin for free and back then it was basically worthless so i i remember earning a couple bitcoin on there and then kind of not understanding what to do with it and Google wasn't as advanced back then. There wasn't as much resources to find out about it. I was also a broke college student. So I kind of just gave up on it and, you know, forgot about it. And then in what, 2017, I remember being at my parents' house and on the TV was breaking news that Bitcoin had reached $2,400. And I was like, holy cow, what? You know, I was like, I was shocked because I remember seeing it basically, you know, under a dollar. Um, and so at that point I was like, wow, I need to start researching this and see if there's opportunity around here. Because to me, like I said earlier, it just seemed like a once in a lifetime opportunity that doesn't come around every generation, you know, um, kind of like the dot-com era, dot-com bubble. Uh, so I was like, I really need to capitalize this on this. And I just started doing a lot of research, lot, lots and lots of research. And then obviously just started, you know, dabbling and buying a little bit of cryptocurrency here and there. Um, and in early 2017, that ended up being, you know, about the best time to buy. So I have a similar memory of back. Yeah, it was like 2013 or, or something like that. I remember hearing from a friend something about something called Bitcoin. And I was like, oh, and then... In 2017, I think I looked at it and it was, yeah, similar to what you said. It was like $2,600. I'm like, what in the world? Like that just took off out of nowhere. Right. I mean, we literally could have just put $100 in our first time hearing about it and forgot about it, which we probably would have. um, And then come back in, you know, 2017 and have quite a, quite a nice stack of cash. (laughs) So... How would you describe your trading strategy? Let's just start there. I know that's a bit of a broad question. 
Yeah, I mean, I really like to dumb down the charts and keep it simple because I don't like using many indicators. They just kind of distract me and it gets becomes overwhelming. So I keep it very clean to mainly price action because what are the indicators anyway? Well, the indicators are dictated by what the chart is doing. So I just prefer to read the chart and kind of be my own indicator. You know, I let the candlesticks and the volume... Um, indicate to me which direction price is going to go. Um, and I kind of like to use momentum. So I'll basically just say, okay, if this level is breached, I know that price should go to at least this level, this next key level. Um, and keeps it really simple. It's not overcomplicated. Um, you can set alerts very easy for this strategy. So you don't have to sit there and watch the chart for, you know, hours on end um, to find a setup. And uh, it's really easy to uh, educate and share online as well because if i'm using all these fancy indicators nobody's going to understand it but if i just post a simple chart with a couple lines and some price action and kind of the way i just explained it to you i mean it's very easy for people to understand sure sure what do you personally look for in a in a trade on a chart so there's a lot of different things i could look for um, but if we want to keep it brief and simple i really like trend lines so if I find a trend line that has multiple touches on it, I know that the more times a trend line is touched, the more likely it is to break on the next touch. And not only that, but the more times a trend line is touched, the stronger the move is likely to be on the other side of that trend line when it breaks. So if something has, you know, if a trend line has two touches and then it breaks, it may not be that strong of a move on the other side. But if a trend line has with, withstood five or more touches, then the breakout to the other side is more likely to be that much stronger. So for keeping it simple, that's the easiest way to look for trades on a chart for me. Cool. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. So how did you learn your style of trading? Um, you know, I'm pretty much self-taught. I like to make my own rules. And I don't like to do things the same as everyone else. Um, and that's just how I've been my whole life. <laughs> like I've never liked to go with the trends and what's happening and the things that everyone is into, um, mm -hmm. which has worked out for me well here because I think if everyone is looking at the same thing on a chart, it's less likely to happen. And, but not only that, like there's just like in trading, the beautiful thing is you can literally make it whatever you want it to be. And if you try to emulate somebody else's trading style 100%, it's probably not going to work out for you. Because mm -hmm. we all have different uh, profit goals, different lifestyle goals, different personalities, and things like that. So you really need to make it your own. And I found out early on that I could take really key important points from traders that were successful and mentors that I admired um, and put them into a style that works best for me. So that goes along with kind of my next question on how you found your edge and what that process was like and how difficult that was and maybe some trial and error there. Yeah, so definitely a lot of trial and error. I mean, I know for at least the first six months when I was learning to chart, I wasn't using any money. I was just charting, watching the charts, seeing how things reacted um, and kind of going from there. Uh but really, when I had my breakthrough was when I created Top Goon X, which is an indicator that literally just 
emulates my trading style. Um, it's very momentum-based and volume-based, and I like momentum and volume and trend reversals. And it actually will tell me in advance if there's a trend reversal um, happening, and it works on any time frame. So as I mentioned on the Bitcoin weekly chart, it gave a sell approaching alert, you know, at 30K before we bounced to 70K or whatever it was. Um, so I can actually use that on low time frames to say, if I get an alert that says buy approaching, that means that Topgoon X is saying the trend has changed on this time frame. Look to buy the dip and we expect price to continue upwards after the initial dip. So um, that's really what has helped me out a lot because Topgoon X tells me where assets are in trends on any given time frame. It's a good bias check for me. And if Topgoon X says that a trend is bottomed out, I shouldn't be shorting. And vice versa, if it says a trend is topped out, I shouldn't be longing. So that's a really good way for me to not get trapped shorting at the lows or or buying at the highs. And so did you code that yourself? Do you have coding experience? Not at all. Actually, uh, Satoshi Heavy on Twitter is the person is my friend that coded that. And I remember we spent weeks on the phone just making like little, little tiny tweaks to everything in it from uh, just literally everything in it to get it exactly perfect how we want it. And even changing like certain zones on the indicator like by like 0.01 decimals um, on the y-axis just to get them picture perfect. And then we tested it over and over and over um, to make sure that it was showing us accurate results. So not only did you have to trial and error your trading, your personal trading system based on what works on the charts for you, but you also had to trial and error what works automating it in the creation of the bot. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. But it's really cool because it's literally mirrored after my trading style, but it takes away my emotions because it's telling me what I would see in the chart. Basically, it's just telling me when there's trend reversals or trend continuations um, and it helps me keep my bias in check and keep from being emotional on these charts. Um, and it's definitely helped me look for buys or sells um, when it provides the alerts ahead of time, which is really nice. Um, and also hold on to trades because it'll actually tell me when there's continuations of trend or not. And of course, there's rules that go along with this, uh, you know, like Fibonacci levels that play in as well. Interesting. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. So I'm going to head into the next, the final segment here, which is the next bull run. So my first question is, if, because nothing is a sure thing, we have another crypto bull run, what are you looking for that would tell you that maybe the market has changed into a bull run? How will you know for yourself? That's an interesting question. Um, you know, I don't think I would know until we were there because I don't like to try and predict a bottom before it's happened. Um, it's easier to tell when a bottom has occurred after the fact and have more confidence in it and make it less risky because I would then have a clear invalidation level. Um, so I, I really wouldn't know until after I see what happens because let's say we drop to 12, let's say Bitcoin drops to 12K and I think that's bottom and it just keeps nuking, right? Like it just keeps dropping. I, I wouldn't have that clear sign if it drops to 12K 
and immediately goes back to 15K within four hours, then to me, that would be a very, very clear bottom sign. If it just goes to 12K, goes sideways for a week or two, then I, you know, I wouldn't have a clear bottom sign yet. Um, so I'd prefer to wait um, on that end for the bull run in 2020. My clear sign was a downtrend break of 13,900 on the monthly time frame. So once we breached that 13,900 on the monthly and closed above it, I was very confident that we would continue up. And I think we had like five or six straight green months after that occurred. So based on Bitcoin's recent price action and everything like that, how long of a time frame are you looking to see personally that would give you confidence that you would change your bias from a bear market to a, a bull market? Oh, man. I mean, I, I really have no clue. Again, I'd like to see a reaction in the market. So it, like like I said, if we dropped to 12K, if Bitcoin went to 12K overnight and four hours later was back above 15 or 16K, my bias would likely change. Mm. Um, you know, that would be a really strong reaction. That would give me good conviction to say, okay, we at least bounce, you know, to 25 or 28,000 from here um, if I saw a reaction like that. So it really just depends. I don't like to guess what the market's going to do. I like to read what it's already done and then kind of react from there. So what kind of time frames are you looking at on charts? What's your bread and butter? Um, my bread and butter is probably the 15-minute chart, um, but it really depends on what the market's giving me because there's nothing better than trading daily and weekly charts and holding something and just buying, sitting on it, and watching the money flow, right? Like that's everyone's dream. So back in 2020, when we could hold for months, that was great. Um, I enjoyed that. It's much less effort, um, but in current conditions, like we're seeing now with the markets sideways and choppy um, and not much trend action, that's when it's less ideal to be on these daily timeframes. And that's when you're going to start losing money. And so, yeah, I've had to dive into the lower timeframes for sure. And again, I really like, I feel really comfortable on like the 15 minute timeframe. So it sounds like most of your trades are intraday trades. Especially lately, Yes. So how does that change from depending on what type of market we're in and what would that change to? I know you hit on this a little bit, but maybe describe like how you change between looking mostly at the 15 minute chart versus panning out and, and looking most of the daily or weekly. Well, it really depends on the market volatility. I mean, back in like April, the markets were moving 5%. Like, you know, traditional markets were moving 5% a day. But lately we're seeing you know, almost like a 2% range on either side. We're going up 2%, back down 2%, you know. So we're just in this entire range across the markets. And when there's not much volatility, you can't hold for very long timeframes. And if you are, there's opportunity costs of, okay, well, I just held this position for two weeks and price has literally gone sideways and it's been within a 2% range for two weeks. Like for me, that's just missed opportunity where I could be using that money elsewhere um, for maybe just intraday trades or intraday positions or on an asset that's more volatile. And if there's not very many volatile assets at the time, then kind of just have to wait. And as a trader, you have to take what the market gives you. You can't force the market to do anything. You can, can I say you there? Uh, just back up and start again. As a trader, I have to take what the market gives me I can't force the market to do what I want it to do. Um, when the market is stubborn, 
I just have to literally be not stubborn and because <laughs> if I'm stubborn, then the market's going to beat me down. Um, so I have to take what the market gives me. And if that's a 1% move or a 0.5% move on the day or on the week, then that's what I get. Sure. That makes sense. So a little bit deeper into that. Do you have any expectations for yourself um, or in- any anticipations for yourself on the next bull run if Bitcoin goes into a bull run if I'm not mistaken, you expect to just trade the same way you have been over the last couple of years? Uh, yeah, hopefully better. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> you know, we could always do better, right? I could always buy the exact bottom and sell the exact top, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not realistic goal. Um, yeah, I mean, I just try to do the best that I can and stick to my strategies that I know work for me. <laughs> they might not be the best. People, not everyone might agree with them, but they're keeping me profitable and... Sure, I might not make as much money as I could, um, but I feel like I'm not losing large amounts of money, especially when there's large drawdown. I feel like my risk management is really good and has really helped me protect my capital as best as possible, whether it's bull or bear market. Cool. Gotcha. Um, Let me just add in one last question. Not really from this segment, it's just a a general interest I have is how, how difficult has trading psychology been for you? I mean, it's definitely a struggle that I think every trader goes through at some point, if not at all the time. Once you learn, once I learned risk management, I think that really helped a lot in just keeping my psychology in check, my emotions in check. And honestly, I took the time to study market psychology and how psychology makes the market, you know, go up and down and things like that, because I think that psychology is one of the main driving factors of the market. Um, because why does this pump here or why does this pump really hard at the top and then sell off really quick? Well, it's because people finally FOMO'd into that and it pumped really hard because there was a lot of FOMO buyers. And then what do FOMO buyers do as soon as they see price go down really fast? They FOMO sell. (laughs) Psychology is super important just for overall understanding market cycles, but also even just for low timeframes, understanding these, you know, fake pumps or maybe even fake dumps. And then gotcha. capitalizing them as far as trading goes. Gotcha. Yeah, a lot. Uh, there's a lot to psychology, um, and it's interesting topic. So I think that yeah, I mean, everyone should really key into their emotions and learn them and acknowledge them because I think one of the biggest things that I did initially, and I actually read a book about this, was I suppressed my emotions and I ignored them. But once I understood how my emotions worked and like how they could help me trade and the emotions I'm feeling right now might actually help me, you know, if I'm feeling super bullish or super greedy, maybe I need to take some profit. Or if I'm being super bearish, uh, maybe I need to look for longs or not be shorting or take some profit on my shorts. So I think it can actually be a really useful tool. Once I learned to acknowledge my emotions is when I really took that next step forward. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely makes sense. And a lot of, a lot of life, um, is from everybody's perspective between the years. So that's, yep. uh, so I think that wraps it up for today. Um, thank you so much, Gunnar, for, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. That was fun. Thanks for tuning in to Crypto Trading Secrets presented by Cointelegraph. We'll catch you next time.